This is Tad Haas. Hi, and I'm Gayla Gutierrez of Motostays.com. You're listening to the Sound Rider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show. A candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Well, it is February, and of course, February, the month of love here in the Pacific Northwest and all around the world, and we're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about the love of motorcycling in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the February episode of the Sound Rider Show, episode 1602. And guys, let's just dive right into it here. Quint, Tom, let's talk about the Vancouver International Motorcycle Show. I know, Quint, you just went up there a couple of weeks ago. And had a great time. What did you see? Fill us in here. Give us the full report. Well, let's see. Uh, it was different because uh, the last motorcycle show that we had in the States uh, was down in Portland, Oregon, sure, um, and it was in November, so it was too early for all the new bikes. Right. So now this was the Abbotsford, Abbotsford show for uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and they had all the new bikes. That's everything right. Everything because this there. is post Eichma, right? Exactly. So this is everything's been rolled out plus a little international flavor here. Yeah. So what'd you see, man? Well, you were talking about love, right? Yes, of course. And we wouldn't be here if we didn't love motorcycles. That's why we're oh, here, man. That's what we're all about, and and. I, there was a lot of things to love at the show. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that pops out, um, the Africa Twin. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Now, that's something that they sell in Canada, but they don't sell in the U.S. Right. And that's a sweet-looking bike. No, we're going to have that here. So that's well, we coming are, this are year. Yeah, that's here. the big oh, yeah. news. Yeah. Okay, so in the past, right. they didn't sell it in America, but, but I guess at, now they're going to. At the Portland International Motorcycle Show, that was actually one of our disappointments, Tom and I, is right. that it wasn't there. So you got a chance to see it. What was your, ta- was your oh, take man. on that? Um, I would buy one of those, and okay. I'm not even a dual sport guy. Right. So if I, you know, if, if you, if, <laughs> so if you're one of those survivalists and you want to get out of dodge sure. oh man That's that would one. be the way to go yeah. oh you know if if the roads are pl- cl- you know clogged up and you yeah. can't take your car and boy that would be the way to go just to uh, just to clarify here uh in canada they did have the veradero recently in right. recent years which right. was actually made at the montessa factory in spain uh-huh. but we never got the veradero here ever in the history of the veradero and then the Africa Twin was brought to both Canada and the U.S. market for 2016. Ah, excellent, so. excellent. Yeah, and you got to wonder because there there must be some kind of rules going on, different rules of importation or yeah. like that about you know, getting the country. I can never figure yeah, that out. I don't know. Let's just get it all in here. Right? <laughs> well, what it comes down to is when they DOT a bike, primarily for right. California, so the, department right. uh, the expense yeah. of that. And so if they if they do that, you can pretty much be sure you're going to find that bike around the entire world. And it may not be DOT'd the same way throughout different countries. Right. But it's not cheap to DOT a bike. So before they commit to it, they got to be solid on their marketing and their sales plans sure. and be sure that they could pull this off in the U.S. And I think, you know, the price on that bike is, what is it, like twelve grand uh, U.S. That, yeah. Um, uh, uh, oh my God! Did you see the Canadian dollar seventy-one cents on the buck yeah, right now? Yeah. But uh, the price for the U.S. is right, so uh, it, it's it's going to be you know welcomed by a lot of riders. I already know a few people who are buying them, of and uh, I understand that most of the dealers have already pre-sold all they could get. I can imagine, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with BMW. And we talk about the DOT. Hey, another one in the blame California bucket there, right? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, but what else did you see from Honda? Because obviously a little more international flair here. I'm sure all the brands were there. So let's they, talk about they a look, bit. It looked like they changed the styling some on the CTX. Okay. Uh, I thought the CTX was a hot, sexy bike. Sure. Um, I, I, I was joking in that it was the like the dark, evil twin of a Goldwing. Right. right? Um, but, but yeah, the, the CTX, um, they had some just... Um, actually, okay. If you if you've seen the Victory, um, the Starship Enterprise, right? The big old fairing. Bike. Yeah, the, I think that's the Vision, right? Yeah, the Vision, the yeah, spacey looking Star Trek Enterprise kind of thing. The Honda has also come out with one of those, but without all the stuff. So it's it's low like the CTX, and but just streamlined and and it's totally Star wrapped Trek-y in looking. Tupperware. Yeah, well, not quite, not quite. But they had it looked like on the saddlebags, they were the plastic saddlebags are really small, but it looked like you. 
you could expand them and it looked like it had docking ports and uh, some knockouts so you can put more gear on the back hmm. you know trunk and things like that um, but lots of stuff from Honda the Honda was just looking good sure but this show um, I was amazed at how busy it was uh, yeah because originally we, we knew you were going up and I and you and I had talked about <clears throat> running uh, some uh, interviews with people. Oh, and was, we don't have any interviews today. How come? So right. busy. Oh, man. We've been to the show many, many times. I've probably been there half a dozen times. Um, and one morning, like the first morning we get there, the the cars were lined up out the parking lot to get into the parking wow. lot. So we're thinking, uh-oh, we're going to be late. Right. Um, and then when we finally got up to the entrance, there was a, just a huge crowd of people. Lots and lots of That's people lined, to hear, lined up around the corner of the building. And yeah. that was Friday morning, in, right? In the pouring rain. Right. They were out there waiting in yeah. line in the pouring rain. They couldn't wait to get in there. Everybody sure. was looking forward to the show. You know, everybody was really excited. And it was a great show because it was just jam-packed with people. Um, of course, you know I'm, I'm working Rich's booth, so we always have a crowd in front of the booth. That's right. Um, Rich's custom seats. Rich's for those custom just seats. In. Yes. Yep. And oh man, it was it crowded. We are, had are you a... talking about Rich's custom seat in Kingston, Washington? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's Rich's custom seats in Kingston, Washington. WWE. No, but we don't right. we don't do free plugs or anything. So. Sure. I know. <laughs> well, he's a friend of the show, but that's yeah. uh, yeah. who you went up there with. Well, let's talk about maybe uh, we talked about Honda. What did you see maybe from some European brands? Because oftentimes there's a little bit different flair, of course, in the Canadian market than right. compared and to the I, United States. And I never uh, really paid any attention to the European stuff because sure. I was so busy. I, I only got to walk around the show once, and that was for like 15 minutes. Okay. Ah, so um, even in the evening, it was what time did the show close each night? Uh, uh, 10 the first night, 9 second night. And it jam-packed all the oh, way up. Man. Wow. Oh, man. Because you in know fact, how dead it we gets had, at our shows. We had, we had to chase people away so we could tear the, the booth, you know, cover up the booth for overnight. Wow. And yeah, people were just wow. there the whole time, That's and, exciting, and they're on the loudspeaker saying, "Okay, everybody, shows over, out. time <laughs> to go home." It's like, "Okay, go home." <laughs> wow! But busy. Oh man, it was busy. Sure, was so many people. Well, maybe what, what can you tell us though about from your bread and butter from the Harley Davidson crowd? Do we see anything new from Harley up there? Um, I didn't. Uh, okay. They they have a lot of individual type things like. Um, uh, what what this guy's doing with this bike and what this company's doing with this bike? I didn't really see anything new or different. Um, you know, might, the, been, might have been some different colors. Yeah, it might have been some different colors, but yeah, the, all the bikes still looked, you know, like Harley's. Yeah, um, and I'm actually going to talk about Harley some more later because they're they're starting starting to change their marketing a little. Oh, oh well, okay. that's interesting. Probably yeah. we'll do time that during the news bite segment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. So maybe, what about, uh, we talked about the Africa Twin, but any other big takeaways from the, from the Vancouver International uh, let me Motorcycle think about Show? about here for a second. Um, right. Well, I know uh, we're starting to see, we see quite a few new models coming out this year. So I'm, st- right. I'm sure you saw a lot. It looked like BMW had a lot of new models. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was wondering if they had that 300 the on bike. display. I didn't see a 300. Okay. Uh, they had the 7s and 8s, uh, but I didn't see a 300. Uh, but yeah, it, it looks like um, uh, it, they had stepped up. Of the GSs, like yeah. little, medium, large, bigger, you know, all the different sizes of the GSs. Well, yeah. it's becoming... And, and those are hot, too. More and more competitive in yeah. just sort of that general market there. Yeah. And, of course, BMW right now is kind of, uh, you know, kind of the king beast. But uh, it's going to get it's gonna be pretty interesting with the Honda Africa Twin coming out and yeah. even some of these scramblers where you can put some knobby tires on there and make some kind of... Yeah, everybody... It seems like everybody is now trying to fit into that niche. You I know, think you so. Got well, KTMs that's where the money's those. at right yeah, now. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. Mean, Lots of dual sport. Yep. Everybody's planning for the end. <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> exactly. If you're going to get out of Dodge, you've got to have the dual sport. Yeah. The bug out bikes, certainly. <laughs> well, it sounds like a, a very interesting trip up there. And, uh, you know, that's great. I guess, do they do that the same time every year up yeah, in Yeah, pretty much. So. Yeah. yeah, it's usually uh, January. Yeah. Sure. And do you have any idea? I mean, you say it was jam packed there, but any statistics on figures of attendance and that kind of thing? Or let me ask you too, because I mean, that's kind of a trick question. It's tough for you to know. But what did you see in the crowd, maybe like age wise, demographic wise? Did you see uh, any young riders? A lot, in there? a lot of younger riders. Good. Yep. Good. Yep. Um, and and those are the riders that aren't quite sure what they want to go for. Right. Um, we like them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems like the younger riders don't really go for the Harleys. Well, we all knew There's that. There's been some transition, definitely. It's like my yeah. kids. You know, I've been riding a Harley most of my life. And, right. And while my kids were growing up, but they're not going to have a Harley. That's an old man bike. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I resemble that <laughs> remark. 
Yeah, well, definitely good to see some new uh, fresh faces up there. And uh, do you think, um, just kind of uh, offhand here, do you think we see a difference between sort of Canadian riders and American riders in any respect, or do you feel like it's pretty uniform throughout? I, yeah, I don't think so. I think it's pretty, pretty uniform. uniform. Sure. Yeah, you know, we're, it, we're all the same people. We're all the same uh, guys and, and gals that like to ride motorcycles. Definitely. And, yeah. and you get out when you can, uh, especially in the Pacific Northwest and, and British Columbia. Um, you better be able to uh, ride when it's wet. Right. So it's the same kind of deal. Yeah. They're, they're almost a lot like us here in Seattle, a lot. Sure. Yeah. Well, especially this winter. You talk about rain. It's oh, been man. pretty much nonstop here. <laughs> oh. <huh? laughs> All right, you guys. Let's uh, let's take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to do the calendar. Right on the other side of the break. Stick around. Hi, this is Ralphie Mogabi from Rockstraps, and you're listening to the Soundwriter Show. Hey, this is Greg from Olympia, and one of my favorite rides in the Pacific Northwest is the Olympic Loop. It's fantastic. Back on the Sound Rider Show. Thanks again for tuning in, fellow riders. And we're going to get right into the calendar here for February. A couple of interesting things going on out there. And, of course, we want to bring you up to speed on all the latest and greatest in the Pacific Northwest. Tom, why don't you start to uh, kind of tell us a little bit about what's going on this month. All right. Well, it is February, so don't expect a lot sure. out of the month. But <laughs> there are things to do. Um, February 3rd is going to be the old bike night down in Georgetown that they have at the Industry Lounge. Right here in Seattle, So if you want to check out all the old bikes, you just head down there. I think it gets started about 4 or 5 in the God, afternoon. I didn't know they were still doing that. Yeah, they do that still. God, I think it was doing that like 20 years ago. Um, a running tradition. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, it's been yeah, it's been going on for thirty plus years yeah, now. Yeah. So, I mean, it used to be up at Teddy's Tavern. Right. But oh yeah, yeah. That kind of got moved out of there when they got gentrified up there. <laughs> uh, Moto Corsa is uh, starting up their uh, series seminar series for winter. So they'll be doing a uh, parts and service type seminar. Maybe talk about track days, that sort of thing. You can see all the information on the calendar about this. It gets started at 10 in the morning. Everybody's going to go for a ride. This is going to be on February 6th. And then uh, come back to the store, and at 2 o'clock, they'll get into some of the seminar topics. Always doing great stuff down there at Moto Corsa. So. And that's out in Portland, too, for our listeners outside of the area here. Yeah. Um, and then on the 13th, this is something that I bumped into as I was doing my – uh, homework on adding things into the calendar turns out that um wham which is the wa- uh western airplane antique auto museum in hood river that's right is doing what they call second saturdays and so what they do on the second saturdays is they pull out some of the planes and some of the cars and they do have some old motorcycles as well and they fly them and drive them around. I got to tell you, for a gearhead, somebody who likes you know airplanes, cars, and motorcycles, really doesn't get much better than that. No. And I think this is that museum just outside of the rally, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's right there in Hood River. Yeah. And the cool thing about it is, that pretty much every plane that you see in there will fly. That is. They're awesome. all functional. That and is. Same awesome. with the cars, and same with all the motorcycles. Uh, I, those guys, they, they're just doing a, a real knockout job of making that museum bigger Beautiful and place. better every year. They've Absolutely. got now. Uh, uh, two, what do you call that, where you put planes? Hangers. Hangers, yeah. yeah two hangers. They, they started with one. Sure. And now they've grown it out to, I think it's two, maybe even three. But uh, doing a great job down there. Now, that's also on the same weekend as the one motorcycle show in Portland. Gee, what's going on in Seattle? Nothing. Yeah, yeah kind of a ghost town. I'll say what's going on in Seattle, the Sound Rider show at least, right? <laughs> they're, having another, they're having another show in Portland? It's a Sound Rider driving all the Seattle people to Portland. That's yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> well, what is the One Motorcycle Show? So I don't think I've one, ever heard of this. The One Motorcycle Show is a, uh, this is like the uh, ooh, fifth or sixth year now for it. It's a custom a lot of custom bikes, a lot of uh, like cafe racer type bikes. Okay. Um, 
just custom and, and some custom choppers and that sort of thing. Uh, it's put on. It's free. They put it on. They well, they move it around because it keeps getting bigger and bigger. Uh, details about that are on our calendar as to where it will be this year. Um, and a lot of independent custom builders showing what they do and right. and hopefully getting a little business for uh, the future there. Uh, so, you know, you could make a really nice weekend out of going into the Portland area and going out to Hood River and catching all this stuff in one fell swoop. Yeah, that'd be a great uh, Valentine's Day trek, right? If and it's so a great lucky. ride. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> good excuse. Yeah, lots of good stuff down there. A lot of talented builders, too, in Portland, really taking off motorcycle scene there. So then uh, the 20th, uh, Mickey Faye's got his flat track racing out at Puyallup. We talk about it every month, so uh, I'm sure if you're a regular listener... Uh, you know what we're talking about. Sure, but. hit the calendar <coughs> for more details, as always. And then on uh, uh, the 21st, um, Moto International will do their Gucci Owners Brunch. <coughs> That's right, just down at Smarty Pants here in uh, in Georgetown, in yeah, Seattle. Yeah, yep. and you don't have to have a Gucci to go. No. But why wouldn't you? That's true, yeah. <laughs> well, still go down there. Ride your motorcycle down there. Get your rain gear on and head down, right? Quint, are you gonna? Are you, are you thinking about maybe giving up the Harley and getting a new Eldorado that's coming out? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. I'm just, I, I just have, checking. I have found my road glide. I think I mentioned this. is. I'm on my seventh one. You did, it's, and you said. It's all I'm ever going to buy This is forever. the one, right? Yeah. yeah. It's perfect bike for me. Okay. Hey, Derek, you're kind of uh, um, paging over there. Can you tell us a couple of the highlights from March uh, in the, you know, between like the 1st and the 10th, a few things? Yeah, absolutely. So coming up here early in March, it looks like we've got the Vintage Motorcycle Enthusiast Meeting. Uh, and that's good. Again, come down in, Jar- in Georgetown yeah, that's at the, old the Industry night. Lounge. Yep. yep. And then on the 11th, we have the Inland Northwest Motorcycle Show and Sale. Okay, that's a big deal. In Spokane. Yep. Yeah. And uh, same weekend there, uh, Central Washington Custom Car and Cycle Show. Oh, cool. Yep. So a couple of great things. Yep. So now you're going to go to Portland this this month, and then in March you got to go all the way up to Spokane. Driving e- uh, driving commerce here in the Pacific Northwest since uh, January of 2015. We can, we can come up with reasons for you to ride. Get out and ride. That is the message here on the calendar section. So the Spokane show uh, is a lot like what we experienced in Portland. Yes. Uh, not as jam-packed no. as what you got up in Canada, no. but uh, it's, it's, all, show. <clears throat> it's all put on independently, so you don't see the OEM trucks rolling in, it's all the dealers bringing their inventory out, a lot like what we saw down in uh, Portland this year. And it's different uh, from the Canadian show in that the Canadian show is all the big manufacturers, and it's uh, it's more corporate, so that... Um at the Spokane show, you got the guys that are the marketers, the the producers of the show. Sure. They're out walking around the show, talking to the people, talking to the exhibitors. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of place I would have been able to interview them kind of deal. But with the big corporate deal, it's like there's no face. Yeah. It's just all the big names and who is running this show. Well, it's no one person. It's the you know the whole corporate sure. conglomerate thing. So. Well, it's those people hiding in that room in the back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just counting their money. <laughs> okay, so uh, there's our calendar, and we'll take a break here, and then we'll be back with some news bites. Hi, this is Rich from Rich's Custom Motorcycle Seats, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Hey, this is Gary LaPlante from Dirt First, motorcycle rider training, and I must say I really am enjoying the roads that you guys have here in Oregon between Portland and Hood River and around the event site at the Sound Rider Rally. Welcome back to the show, Sound Rider. I'm Quint, here with Derek and Tom, and we're going to talk about the, uh, what do you call them, news bites? News bites. Little little stuff we can look up, and uh, I was talking it's, earlier. It's digital, so we spell it B-Y-T-E-S, oh, okay. news bites. <laughs> Very clever here at Sound Rider. <laughs> 
So uh, I mentioned earlier about uh, Harley's marketing. Yeah. Um, there, I don't know if it's if it's that much of a great change, but it's something that's noticeable. Um, so they they've just debuted a couple of new bikes, a couple of their S model, the Slim. Um, so they came out with the Dyna Lowrider S and the uh, Screaming Eagle One Ten S, uh, or no, the Fat Boy S. Um, Did they hold off on the Dyna Fat King? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay. That's next year, 2017, so, right? So guess where they debuted these two new bikes? At the X Games in Aspen, Colorado. Interesting. Yeah. And so definitely going for the younger market, the younger demographic. Um, now, the, the, uh, it's hard to explain. If, if you know about motorcycles enough, you'll know what a, a pro street is. It's more like a drag bike. Um, long and low, maybe a, a headlight fairing, and that's about it. Um, so they've they've come out with that. They've uh, it's the Dyna Lowrider Slim, and then they went with the CVO Pro Street Breakout, and and they look a lot similar. They look a lot like the old FXR, sure, uh, which was the Lowrider, um, and which was the frame. The FXR frame was the the frame that everybody was building bikes on back in the day. Um, and so they're coming out with a couple of those in the in the slim and the pro street. Um, so the uh, the breakout, it's a limited edition. They're they're calling it menacing and muscular and steeped in drag racing attitude. And and they that's actually true. Looking at the pictures on the blog, it, they're great looking bikes. What, what colors are we seeing? Um, oh, is it uh, musty, musty dark black or something like that? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, but they not just, gonna they be just like showed an the one. one. No, they just showed the one. Yeah. So you know, it's interesting that you mentioned the X Games there because I actually found myself about a week ago in a loop watching uh, Monster Energy uh, motocross uh-huh. and sort of you know dune buggies and that kind of stuff. And they were there was quite a bit of integration between like oh this is uh, out having fun on our uh, on our MX bikes and then all of a sudden I start to see some cruisers mixed in like oh this is what these guys ride when they get at home <laughs> and I wonder maybe about the placement there if that was a little more intentional than I had realized that's interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. so but, are we going to see any of these in the X Games next year being used as competition probably not well I think <laughs> Quint has got his application filled out yeah, to get on really, his touring yeah. bike there he's, he's trying <laughs> to work on that the, backflip he's right working now. on his Frankenstein yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, 360s and backflips on my road glide? Piece of cake. Nothing to of course, it. Of course, I had to practice a lot. But, That's no. right, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a good thing that Harley is trying this new uh, new avenue, uh, you know, the X Games, the younger demographic, uh, because their revenue is falling. They, Last they, year, yeah, at the end, that yeah. was quite the story, too. Yeah, 2015, their revenue is down uh, 2%. They only made a billion dollars. So, uh, but it was less than their forecast. So, um, the, the, for 2016, they're planning on shipping a quarter million bikes, like 260,000 bikes. And how many are they planning on selling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good question. That's the million dollar question. question there. <laughs> well, what else do we have maybe a little bit more locally here, Tom? We got some stuff going on that uh, might be of interest uh, to our listeners. A couple things yeah. uh, specific to Soundwriter. We got uh, registration open for both the Rally and the Gorge. And the Cafe to Cafe Grand Tour. So people can, people can ask in all winter, when can they sign up? And the answer is now. And they are signing up. And they are signing up. Yeah, yeah. it sounds Fantastic. like fun. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, we got to get you a Cafe to Cafe card this year. Yes. So uh, um, that's happening. We'll get the Sasquatch and Road Trip up in February. Uh, what else is going on? We released our demographic study, found out that 25% of our readers ride BMW motorcycles. That's a huge number. A mm-hmm. pretty big chunk, definitely. Yeah. Does that come as a surprise to you at all? Uh, that was a pretty high number. You think so? Yeah. yeah I mean, we've, 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 we've always been ahead of the game in terms of like the MIC numbers, sure. uh, but I've never seen it that high before. So, Although I think that's indicative of uh, of. The, the overall demographics of who's buying and riding. 
Um, I think in our area, uh, the Pacific Northwest, a lot of BMW riders. Lots of lots BMW, of yeah. BMW riders. And, and you know, we're, we're a little pragmatic. The way we do our editorial, it's always um, educational yeah. a lot of times. Um, and so we cater to the pragmatic crowd. And uh, obviously within the uh, BMW side of things, uh, a lot of them are very pragmatic. They plan out their rides, that sort of thing. Uh, we have a pretty good Harley number, but I think that number comes from the pragmatic, like the road king types, mm-hmm. who, who also plan out their touring. And it turns out that uh, if somebody owns two bikes and one of them is a BMW, it's most likely the other one's a Harley and right. vice versa. Yeah. Sure. So that's an that's interesting That's been my experience, stat. yes. Makes yeah. sense. Disposable income, too. That always helps with those brands. Uh, let's see. Also going on, uh, Oregon Dual Sport Adventures is gone. They have sold everything off to a startup up in Klickitat County called the Cascade Backroad Adventure and Rentals Company. Klickitat. That's Ellensburg, right? Uh, no, it's uh, – uh, I'm sorry. I, I got that wrong. No, yeah, it's click attack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's south of Ellensburg. It's on the border. Oh, click okay. attack County, Goldendale, that area. Uh, this gentleman is up on Waikiakis Road, which is a gnarly road <laughs> in the fall because uh, it's all uh, silt. Mm. So as the spring rains recede and cars go across that road, it becomes a lot softer, and by the time you get to, say, August, uh, you're into like six inches of silt. So it will be a backroad adventure, just getting your bike out of there when you rent one. I was going to say, I think the first step is you rent your bike, and then just before you hit that road, there's an insurance booth where you have to go and pick that (laughs) up, right? um, I keep trying to put this one up on Twitter, and it keeps bouncing it off. So I'm going to say it on the show, uh, Eastside Harley-Davidson on the move, moving in February. Grand opening will be in April, and we will have a feature article on Eastside uh, in the March issue. And talking about Eastside, we're talking about Eastside of Lake Washington here from Seattle. Yeah. The good folks out in Bellevue, so if you're in sort of that eastern Washington area or even in western Washington or, hey, in Oregon, take a trip up and see those guys when they open. And uh, I know we're local show Mm -hmm. and and a local online magazine but a shout out to uh, roger brown in australia who listens to the show and uh, anybody else who's listening from out of the area feel free to uh hit us on facebook or hit us on uh, twitter and let us know you're listening and we're you know we might see your name on the show yeah i was gonna say tell us where he's from and that's uh from down under all the way in australia right yeah yeah, we're probably going to convert him, and he's going to take a trip up here and get a bike out of uh, Cascade Backroad Adventures. That's excellent. Up yeah. to click, click attack. Yeah, we'll see you soon, Roger. <laughs> we're so good for the economy, I can't believe it. Uh, I tell you what, man. Have you all heard about the Motobot? No, tell us about yeah, the Motobot. bring us up to speed they've, they've invented a robot that can ride a motorcycle. Oh, yes, and, we saw that with yeah. uh, Yamaha. The Yamaha, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's out there to, to go faster than a human can go. Supposedly, with all their calculations per second, they're going to be able to figure out lean angle and blah, and just be able to just burn up the track faster than a human. Yeah, the one problem they have is they can't uh, get it to uh, slow down and stay balanced when they wants to stop. Ah, uh, that's been the, the the biggest challenge so far. Well, it's like all new riders, though. Right, <laughs> but watching, those moto, watching those MotoGP guys yeah. put on their front brake and their rear wheels coming up in the air and they're wobbling back and forth, sure. and yeah. drifting around those corners like whoa! And subtlety and skill. You know, I know how to fix that problem with the stopping and the starting. We're just going to put that robot in a room with David Huff for a few hours. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, straighten just straighten him out. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm going to the MotoGP in April. Exciting stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Down in Austin. Nice. Yeah. A lot of people go to the one in Laguna. You're right. I used to do that. When my son was going to school in Monterey, we would go to the Laguna Seca races every year. Uh, and, and speaking of David Huff, uh, one of the hottest blips we had on Facebook this month was really Six tore it up. Secrets to Winter Riding. Ah. Well, you know, a lot of people looking for some kind of some tips to get out there and keep riding in the wintertime. And a great article by David, too. Yeah. S- still yeah. up there on the homepage. And also, uh, you can check it out, of course, on our Facebook feed. He's and the, uh, the other hot one right now, not as hot as the David Huff one, but it's getting there, is the uh, 12 uh, tips for making 
videos on your motorcycle. Yeah, oh, actually, yeah, yeah. way back from the archive too. Was that coming in? Uh, yeah, a like few years 2011. Ago? Still that Russian guy. Very timely stuff. Some great tips on there. Because everybody's doing those GoPros now. Yeah, we don't need exactly. We need. We do not need any more bad motorcycles. No, we need. Videos. We need good motorcycle <laughs> videos good ones, to watch. Please. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All righty. Let's uh, let's take a break. We got a special guest coming in the studio here shortly, and we'll be back. Hi, this is Chris Page from the Oregon Motorcycle Road Racing Association, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. Hi, this is Carl. I live in Yakima, Washington. One of my favorite places to ride is Northeast Oregon because there's nobody out there. Welcome back, riders. We are joined in the studio now with, uh, I don't know, is it a lady rider, woman rider? What do you prefer? Uh, um, Just rider. Uh, rider. Yeah. Just a rider, yeah. yeah. A dirty girl. Uh, <laughs> dirty girl rider, yeah. So, so we're here with Tracy Jeffries, who uh, a lot of people know her around the Puget Sound area. She's worked with Puget Sound Safety. She, uh, she comes and joins us at the rally and helps out on some of the events that we do down there. And she's got a, a little uh, group of, of women riders that she started up called the Dirty Girls. So we're going to do this interview in two parts. She just did a really nice trip to Arizona, saw a lot of great pictures coming in. Uh, I want one of those cameras, whatever it was. <laughs> but uh, that we'll start with that, and then we'll take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about the Dirty Girls. Yeah, but let's dive so, into it a little bit here. Of course, Tracy, you're known kind of throughout the Pacific Northwest, very involved in the community, I'd say. Uh, not just the Rally in the Gorge, but with a lot of other companies. So we're really looking forward to your insight here on the Soundwriter Show. And we know that you just got back from Arizona. Yes. A nice long motorcycle trip down there. Yes. And uh, we've had some pretty terrible weather here in the last two months. I mean, some downpours. Temperatures have been okay, Uh, but a lot of pouring rain. Yes. So we'd like to talk to you a little bit about this trip. And uh, maybe you can tell us just in general how this this came about and then uh, where you went and what you did. Well, it. Um, I met this group of riders and, from Go AZ Arizona, um, or Go AZ, Go AC riders, I guess. Sure. And um, one of the gals, she's um, with a group called Dirty Dames, and I've met them, you know, on rides and events, and we've stayed connected uh, through social media, and um, they offered to. Uh, an invitation, you know, to come down and Great. stay and ride, and and the weather was. Yeah, pouring down rain and cold and icky, and I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to hang up the phone, and I'm calling the airlines next and and booking a flight down. And so I did, and I spent um, two and a half weeks down there uh, with with that group and rode pretty much every day I was down there. Awesome. And I've never ridden in the desert, and it was it's beautiful, isn't it? it? it oh, beautiful. Yeah. Now, Beautiful, amazing. Whoops, so we were down in southern Arizona then, like sort of outside the Phoenix area. Gilbert. Gilbert, okay, yeah. great, yeah. yeah. And now uh, you mentioned uh, that you flew down there, so I'm interested. How did you get set up on your motorcycle? So I just was lucky enough to have uh, good friends down there that have um, multiple bikes. That's pretty good luck, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so Michelle, um, you know, she, like I said, she's in a group called Dirty Dames, and uh, her and her husband have, uh, they had two KTM dirt bikes and two um, GSs. Nice. BMW GSs. So her husband was very gracious and said, "Michelle, your friend's here, so let her ride my bike." And right. or, and I rode, so I got to ride their bikes. Yeah. So now this is a lot of yeah. things, uh, something that a lot of people consider, especially up here in the Pacific Northwest. You look at those forecasts, you see seventy, eighty degree yeah. days, then you look out the window, you see pouring rain. Yeah. So you get down there, you get set up on the bike. What's the plan for the couple of weeks that you're there? Are you guys just, I mean, ad libbing it, or do we plan out some trips? What do we see down there? Uh, we, we kind of ad libbed it, and I mean, Michelle. She had just a, you know, bucket full of um, rides that she wanted to take me on, and and I, we wanted to go on all of them, but we, you know, we kind of had to pick and choose. And, sure. But we rode uh, the the small bikes, the dirt bikes, um, the majority of the time. But we also got on the big bikes and and did some off road big bike road on the GSs, and and I think we went. That was called Montana Mountain, and it was it was super fun. Lots of now, fun. So, yeah. Some of those uh, rides you did, you were turned around by snow, right? We were turned around by snow, and there's pictures on our you know the Facebook page. 
showing that. And, and they're not, um, Michelle's not familiar with snow and ice and she, it was pretty steep and there was a pretty cliff on the, on the, you know, yeah, outside. sure. Off your house. Yeah. yeah and there. she's like, well, let's, you know, go. And I'm like, you know, going up, it's one thing, but coming down is, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we better turn around here. So a different animal. Yeah. Well, that's something that I think, uh, when we talk about, you know, maybe going south for the wintertime, that a lot of people don't consider is that there's still some pretty dynamic weather. Yeah. Um, if yeah. Further south towards the border, you're going to be a little more consistency, but a lot of elevation yeah. changes in that. And in October, they kind of had a monsoon season. They did. There. They yeah. did. And they got snow, and that's, you know, not uh, yeah. always normal. She, right. she wasn't, you know, familiar with that. And and uh, you also need to um, work up, um, uh, you know, on your sand riding skills. Oh, yeah. ah, well, that brings us into a kind of an interesting series of questions here. What are uh, maybe some good tips if someone is going to plan a trip to the south? I mean, you've done this. You've got some experience now. What would you recommend to others who are thinking about doing the same thing? Well, obviously training. You know, we've yeah. got um, two local schools, um, off-road training schools, and, you know, um, um, that are, you know, that are have excellent training. Yeah. And, you know, dirt bike safety training powered by Dirt First and PSSOR sure. you know, are both awesome. And I've taken training through both of them. And, and uh, so, yeah, and, and you better brush up on your sand, you know, sand riding skills because there's a lot of sand in, in the desert. Definitely, which oh, makes yeah. sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to go back to that Waikikis Road and practice on that That's slope. right. Yeah. We were talking about earlier, sure. Um, well, maybe <laughs> what else? Because now you were fortunate enough to uh, make some connections to where you can borrow a bike down yeah. there. Do you have any suggestions for maybe doing that? I mean, it sounds like you're pretty active, obviously, in the social media yeah. community and that kind of thing. And I'll say just kind of on a side note, um, a lot of these uh, women rider groups, you know, we talk a lot about in the interest, in the uh, sort of in, in the industry at large about how to reach new people, how to connect. These women riding groups really seem to kick butt at that a lot more than the industry yeah. in general. But do you have any tips for maybe making some connections and that kind of stuff? You know, uh, in just... Uh, when you go to events, you meet people sure. and, you know, and so you make those connections and there are companies out there where you can rent bikes. Um, if you have the time to trailer, we're going to trailer down to um, Moab in April, uh, a group. That's and beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Moab yeah. is. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of the right time to go because if you yeah. try to do that in the summer, it's just too smoking hot. It right? is. It's way too hot. And actually, that's what they do down there yeah. in, the, in the summertime. If you want to go riding, you head for the hills. Yeah. Right. You head for elevation where it cools where it cools. Yeah. So yeah. David Sweezy and Chris Johnson were down there yes. uh, last fall. Yep. So you, you you've hooked up with them and they gave you some pointers. Well, we actually beat them down there, and maybe they went because ah. they heard how great we had. You know how much fun we had. Yeah. They we went in April last year. There was a group of us, and and um, there was a group that kind of the same group that went the year before. So I I couldn't go the year before, but got to go last year. Had a an amazing time and then actually broke off and um, went further south and did the uh, BDR fundraiser in um, outside of Moab last year. Um, but yeah, it's, we, you know, you just make the connections, make the connections. Yeah. And, do the little research. It sounds like mm-hmm, beforehand. Yep. Now when you do the trailer down, um, do you go back to where the trailer is every night, or are you riding with camping gear and then going and picking up that trailer a few days later? We were we had our little bikes, the dirt bikes, and so we came back to the trailer, you know, each the campsite each night. Sure, yeah, which is always a fun time too. You know, there's a couple yeah. of different ways to do these things, right? right. And I yeah. think that's really great. Uh, really fun sometimes to have a base camp. You come yes. back, you do a little barbecuing, yeah, exactly. take in the stars and that kind of thing. Yeah. And other times it's just nice to give it hell and just get out there and ride mile after mile, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, Tom and I were discussing a little bit about kind of your experience in the area. And uh, we, Tom tells me that you have kind of a bucket list of rides out there. You have there. a bucket list? Is this, uh, you've is this true? You've been in Moab, you've been in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've been on the California coast too, haven't you? I have. I yeah. Have. Is I... there a bucket list you're knocking stuff off on? Mm, gosh, you know, I, I, you know, it all sounds good. Um the, the bucket list is what you got, I'll it, take, it right? Is, yeah. You know, I think, right, most... It's called the shoot from the hip bucket list. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. Yeah, right now my my main interest is uh, riding all the BDRs, the backcountry Great, discovery yeah. routes. And I'm a I'm actually a co-chair, a BDR committee co-chair, and um, very involved in that and promoting that. And, and um, um, yeah, I want to ride, I guess, so at the top of the bucket list is to ride each and every one of the so the uh, one that's coming up this year is the New Mexico. That's the that's the one that's being released on the Butler maps and the video, right? Yes, the latest and, and greatest. Yeah, that they're going to do the showing on February twenty fifth uh, here in Seattle, and um, there's a dirty girl shell that's you know that joined them for that ride, and then this coming uh, this year it's going to be Nevada. 
the, oh, okay. the country just So they're out. getting pretty much the entire western half of the United States penciled in here, yeah. huh? Yeah. Do you know, you mentioned you're a co-chair. Is there any uh, aspirations? To, I mean, are they eventually going to try to do every state? Is that the goal, or are they... Well, we're. Um, I I don't know every state if that's the goal or not, and, and I, I, it's a great goal, and so yeah. I would yeah definitely think that's a great. There's goal. roads everywhere, yeah, or there even is. where there isn't roads, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, um, my fellow co-chair uh, Kevin is actually working with um, some groups over on the East Coast, yeah. and you know there's nothing over there, and and so they're gonna we're actually gonna have a BDR over on the East Coast, and and um, it's gonna start with one, and hopefully um, go, you know. Multiply from that. Nice. Well, so let's, yeah. let's do a little inventory. We've got one in Washington. Yep. We've got one in Idaho now. Yep. Five alternate routes in Oregon now. I, when I did the Oregon one, it was the only route, and now I'm told there's like it's five. Growing, huh? Yeah, yeah, and that that one hasn't been a kind of formally part of the BDR because that, yeah. that was done by another group. Right. Um, but there, yes, there is some um, backcountry. And frankly, there. if the BDR group takes it on, I'd I'd love to see them sort of make it a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't. I yeah. didn't find it that interesting. But, okay, good and, to know. And then there's uh, there's already a Utah one. Yep. There's gonna there's an Arizona yep. and there's gonna be a New Mexico and there's Colorado there's Colorado yeah. is there a Wyoming not yet okay no sure yeah. well, I'm waiting to get uh, my rifle loaded up for the Alaskan BDR when okay. is that coming right <laughs> yeah <laughs> or maybe my snow bike I don't know it depends on how it goes you right? have one of those fluorescent orange shotguns yeah. that's right yeah, yeah. we'll get uh, we'll get it all lined up yeah. there well you know uh, we were talking a little bit you mentioned the Dirty Girls and I think I really want to get in that into that here in the next segment because mm-hmm. uh, there's some really interesting stuff going on and just sort of talking about experience and training in general so Tracy if you'll stick around with us to the other side of the break we'll get into the Dirty Girls and so much more here on the Sound Rider Show. Hi this is Skoshi from Avon Motorcycle Tires you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. Hi I'm Debbie from Preston some of my favorite roads are around Mount St. Helens and around Mount Adams. Right, riders, we are back with part two of our interview with Tracy Jeffries, and we call this part, part two, The Dirty Girls. The Dirty Girls. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this organization, though, here, Tracy, because this is dedicated to uh, female riders. Yes. And uh, just kind of give our listeners, you know, a quick breakdown of what The Dirty Girls do and kind of what the mission is. Okay. Um, well, it, you know, Dirty Girls came about, it, just a group of girls started riding together, you know, and, and it, it, it's started with one and then two and then three and in every ride and every event more came and it was it it what what i heard was well we never wanted to come before because there was no girls right it was all guys sure. and it was too intimidating too scary so um i got i got you know sent be, to work these events and and ride these events and i was terrified the first time i went i'm like oh my god right and so, <laughs> <laughs> so, but um even though you were probably in the top one percent of riders skill wise right so, no i was still learning i was actually be modest here on the sound rider show. Thank you. I had a lot to learn, though. Um, but yeah, so um, and in that first event that I went to, that was off road. There was maybe uh, two other, maybe three other girls that were there, and right. they were there to take photos, and you know, their husband. And so um, it was, it was intimidating. And then it, it just grew. And so um, we do all kinds of rides now, and we 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 go to events, and we um, we're involved in training and sure. helping girls. Get connected. Um, we have a Facebook page, Dirty Girls uh, ADV, and there's a lot of information. Girls will ask about gear. They'll ask about tires. They'll ask, you know, what ride, and 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 I post a lot of events and rides there, and say, hey, come join us. Um, we've got a Dirty Girl camp coming up in April um, that just is growing every year. It's our fourth annual awesome. um, this year. And this is one you do down in Roy, Washington. Yep, yep. It's the one we do in Roy, and we're going to be working with. Um, a training school, um, you know, dirt bike safety training, um, and, you know, Whitney and Jason. And then um, 
we, you know, I lead a lot of rides. You know, we have a lot yeah. of sponsors. You know, I work with Turtec and and have led um, and and rode with girls for on the BDRs and the Turtec rally every year, and you know, Giant Loop. Um, we're going to do the you know go down there and ride. And there'll be a group of girls, you know, that go and. And in fact, Harold, the owner, he's like, you know, can't wait for the dirty girls to come. That's again. right, Harold, so, all that giant loop. Yeah. Well, it yeah. sounds fantastic, and I wonder. How about, and, a, how about a contention at the rally in the gorge? I was just that. Yeah, was that'd be say. great, and just uh, yeah. get the guys down there, a whole team. Because yeah. how many do you have now? Do you think? I mean, it. it, it I can't even. How count. many riders? Yeah. I can't count anymore. There's and and girls will say they think it's kind of a, a private group, and I'm like, it's not. They're like, how do you be a member? It's like, do you ride in the dirt? Right. You know? Yeah. And, <laughs> do you want to ride in the dirt? And, That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Do you oh. have to like wear a rocker on the back no, of your jacket that right. says Dirty Girls <laughs> Prospect. Do you have to wear that for a year? Maybe or? we should. A pledging do, process, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should do that. Um, but no, if you uh, if you ride or are interested in riding in the dirt, yeah. a lot of the girls that, have, that, have, that are now in the group um, didn't ride in the dirt, but they wanted to. And, and uh, so they're, you know, and they're they're you know they're brand new they're newbies and and they connect with us and and because they can't you know they they don't want to ride maybe with their husbands or boyfriends because it's you know it's too, too there's a skill much. level discrepancy if you're yeah. new to it and someone's yeah. been riding for 20 yes. years yeah. well let's talk about that because there are a lot of people who are listening um who and people that you talk to of course that would want to take part in this but are kind of wondering i don't even know where to get started I, i'm just a new rider how yeah. did you get involved in the sport and how long have you been doing it well, in the off-road, um, I had an interest in it. And, in fact, I was going to go through the instructor training to um, for street. Yeah. And and then P- at that time, I was working with um, PSS, um, Puget Sound Safety, and they were going to start their um, um, a new dirt curriculum. And uh, Brett, the owner, had asked me, you know, are you interested? I said, yeah, I've always yeah. wanted to ride in the dirt. And so um, so I did. I went through the instructor training um, with PSSOR and started training there and, and – um, um, and then I was working events and like I said, I got, I started going to these dual sport events and noticed there was no girls. Um, and, and, and then, you know, when, when they started finding out that I was there, um, more girls every, every time more yeah, girls came more girls came. Sure. they're like, Oh, if you're there, you know, I'm going to go. And yeah. And then it just, well, yeah. I mean, I think it's fantastic. And I was actually, uh, you know, doing a little background research on the organization. I noticed that you have quite a few YouTube videos out there too. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, we do. So Bob Berglund, um, and he, he's, you know, he has, uh, he, he goes with us a lot yeah. and he's, um, filmed a lot of our, you know, a lot of our things and you can see that, um, um, you can find out more about that, you know, on our Facebook yeah. page. Well, or, I just, you know, I wanted to mention it cause you talk about, you know, new writers who aren't sure how to get involved. And I think that one thing that really stood out to me is just sort of, you know, how supportive the group is in general, right? So it's nothing, I think if you watch one of those, that intimidation factor might be lowered a little bit. Yeah. So you'd be a little more likely to get down there and yeah. uh, have some fun. But you guys are riding some gnarly stuff too. So it's like, it's yeah. it's pretty intense, I think. Yeah, we, we ride some gnarly stuff, but we help each other through right. it. Exactly. And, and there's a lot of laughter and we're, the, you know, we're there to help each other through the hard sections. And, um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, we just have a tremendous amount of fun. And, and now what happens is um, we go on these rides and at these events and stuff and, and the guys are like, well, we want to ride with the yeah. dirty you know, and, and, it, and it has. And now every single time we have guys that like to ride along with us, and and they have said to us that they have more fun riding with us than they sure. do with some of the guy groups, and oh, yeah. because we just we laugh and you know we have. Fun. But you make them ride in the back, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Help pick up the bikes. That's so. it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about speaking of bikes, because um, we were talking a little bit uh, off air here. You've been in the sport for how long now, overall? Thir- 13 years. And you've got 25 plus bikes under your belt already. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> now, do you have more bikes or horses under your belt? I have more bikes. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Because yeah. I know you like horses too, but we won't I talk do. about that here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, 25 bikes. Um, I want to get a couple of thoughts on that from you. First of yeah. all, maybe some new riders who are listening. What would be your suggestion for maybe a first bike? If you're going to go second hand, what would you kind of suggest as, hey, Get on Craigslist or uh, get down on signrider.com and check out the used bikes and look for one of these. What would that be? You know, first thing, people, people, and this is probably why I've had 25 bikes. You go out and you just buy a, a bike that think you think you want. Sure. But you didn't do the research and you didn't talk to the right people and you or you didn't really think about, you know, what you really wanted it for. Right. Because, um, you know, depending on what kind of riding you plan on doing really depends on the bike. And, you know, I've learned over the years, light, lighters, always better Light you know better. i have more yeah. fun i can do it on a bigger bike and and i do oftentimes but you know if you if you're on you start on a small bike if you're trying to learn you're going to be 
far ahead uh, and you know and uh, you can pick it up easier and you and things aren't as tim intimidating so think about talk to talk to people that are already doing it talk to us you right. know, talk to one of the dirty girls you know get onto our, our Facebook page and and we'll help you sure. and girls do do that and they'll and we'll say you know what kind of writing do you want to do you know and I just I want to note for our listeners here that when uh, Tracy talked about lighter bikes she emphatically pounded her knee here you might have heard that in the background <laughs> there but that is something that I think is really key for people yeah. to kind of keep in mind yeah. um and now also you know 25 bikes and i know i'm sure you've got this question a thousand times here yeah. but anything that stands out to you is there any one of those 25 that you know you think hey i might circle back around and always keep one of these in the garage you know um right now the the three bikes that i've had after 25 by i absolutely love um i have my ktm 350 excf uh that a lightweight I, bike I love that bike yeah. yeah it's just awesome and then um i have my bmw uh, 650 cross challenge and you know it's got a lot of upgrades on it and that is a super fun bike i can't not smile from ear to ear when i'm on that bike right yeah and then i've got my ktm 1190 adventure and it's a big bike and but it is it's very capable and i have a tremendous amount of fun on it so you know i Every, it's funny, you know, as my skills have changed and then my riding style and, and, the, and the terrain that I do, you know, my bikes have changed. Um, and, so no, yeah. no more Goldwing, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, never had one, but I did trade um, a friend. Uh, he was on a Goldwing, and he wanted to try my GSA, my, you know, my big big 1200 course, yeah. and he, then he wouldn't give it back to me so i had to ride the gold wing from um from the sound rider rally uh in the gorge you know on <laughs> on high, on the forest service road 25 and all those potholes on a gold wing <laughs> so oh, oh, was it was it a 2000 or or, or later model i don't thing? even know what it was i didn't even want to ride it but I, you know, the, the the current ones that are out there are actually kind of fun in the twisties because the, the frames oh. flex a little bit yeah i was an older one and i was i was grinding the, the side pegs and bottoming out in the oh. Potholes, oh yeah. So. I, think, I think the key in that whole thing is the grinning ear to ear. Yeah. That's if important. you're yeah. not yeah. grinning and having yeah. fun, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah you are. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, uh, towards the end of the show, we always wind up with tips of the month. And we're, you know, we're going to get into that here in just a second. But I want to get a tip from you. Um, specifically, I want to talk about women riders and seat height. Do you have any suggestions there? Because that can make a big impact for people who might be a little bit shorter. Some of these dual yeah. sport bikes have really high seat they heights. Do. do you have any thoughts on that? You know, yes. And and so I I have lowered some of my bikes and you know, I've um you know, I don't know if Alex, you know, of conflict has lowered um, several of my bikes. Yeah. And I've also got custom seats and, and shaved them down. And if I couldn't have a custom seat, I've actually gone out in the garage and taken my um, knife carver, you know, the, for the, your electric so, knife. Ooh, and don't carved, tell Rich that. <laughs> <laughs> carved it down. Well, then I went to Rich, or, yeah. you know, where I got my custom, custom seat. Custom one way or the other. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And he showed you the right way to hold the carving knife. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, and especially if you're, you're learning, um, it is... It is. It's nice to be able to flat foot. Um, as your skills improve, that's not as important, sure. you know. But definitely, when you're learning to ride off road, um, if you can get a lot of your foot, you know, most of your foot down on the ground, I think that you'll do better. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, the follow up to that, and just real quickly, I know you mentioned some of these organizations earlier. Any suggestions for riders on where to get dirt training? Yeah, there. Like, so there's. We have two excellent uh, training locally, and um, you know that would be um, dirt bike safety training and um, powered by Dirt First and then PSSOR. Um, PSSOR, they do their training um, in the south, and the you know, and, and the dirt bike safety is um, done more you know um, in the north sure. area. So, and there's yeah. uh, in Oregon, there's Coach Ramey. So if you look up Coach Ramey, R-A-M-E-Y, you can uh, get to him online. If you live down in Oregon, don't want to come up here. Um, in Idaho, there is a group that teaches the MSF Dirt Bike School, which is a good place. A good place of to course. start. Yep. Now, what she's talking about with the Dirt First people and the PSSOR is you can get into intermediate and advanced training with those companies, yeah. and that's really good because you know a lot of us like you, Derek. Uh -huh. You know, you know a little bit of off road stuff. Yep. You probably don't need to do the beginner class, so you want to check in for an intermediate or an advanced type course. And I think that's kind of the motto here for Sound Riders to always be advancing, right? Right? Yeah. Keep yes. out there, keep yeah. training, keep learning, because you can always learn. And out there. for people who are thinking of maybe going to the Tour Tech Rally or the Rally in the Gorge, um, the the uh, Dirt Bike Training Company will be teaching at both of them this yes. year. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, they will. And we did a girls, we did a ladies class last year. Yeah, we so did. So we do it again if they're if they want to do it. I'm happy to have them do it. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Yeah, we'd definitely love to see yeah. you down there at the rally. Yeah, and I helped, um, you know, for the outride at the sound, ra- um, the you know the, the um, rally sound in the rider, gorge. Yeah, yeah. The rally in the gorge. Um, I you know helped some women after that took that women's class uh-huh. and actually took them out for some outrides and oh, you know, we had a blast. Yeah, and so. there you know right in there, I don't know if you found the Middle Mountain Road. It was right across the street and we up did. the hill, we and did. that gets you into dirt right away. We did, and uh, and there's so many little tentacles to ride off onto up in there. Right. So it's good because it's it's close by. You can go out and take what you learned in the class, and then go practice it that afternoon up in the real in the real deal. Right. There's yeah. even some single track up there if you look hard. Go we, up there we and found mix some. it up. Yeah. <laughs> we found some up there. Yes. Well, uh, Tracy, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Sound Rider Show. And I want to just one more time mention to our listeners where they can find out about the Dirty Girls, the Facebook page, if you could just give us that address there. So on Facebook, um, Dirty Girls ADV. And I also just want to yeah. real quickly mention, Turret Tech is really getting behind you know, the women riders. And, and so they've created a women's resource called She ADV. So you're going to start hearing about that. And I've been working with uh, Shal and Stephanie that are, you know, um, kind of heading that up with Turtech. And so um, they're going to, they've got some brunches scheduled and, you know, at Turtech and some, you know, a lot of exciting things coming up with that as well. Sure. Well, so. make sure you get us over, get that to us over here at Soundwriter so we yeah. can update the calendar page. Okay. Yeah, we need to get that. Uh, we also need to get that BDR movie onto the calendar page. That's true. Lots of good stuff coming yes. up. Well, yeah. expert rider and motorcycle connoisseur mm-hmm. Tracy Jeffries, thanks again for being on the Sound Rider Show. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks, thanks for coming out. Thanks for having me. Hi, this is Manny from Manny's Lanchera, located near the awesome Rowena Curves in the beautiful Moisture, Oregon, and you are listening to the Sound Rider Show. Hi, I'm Carol, and I'm from Olympia, and one of my favorite pavement rides is... Highway 47 from Klatskanai on south. Well, just winding things up here on the Sound Rider Show in kind of a short month, but that doesn't mean that we don't still have some good tips for you. Tip of the month, I think we all have got one on this February episode, so let's start with Quint. Quint, what are you thinking for February? One tip, um, and it's not just winter riding, it's all time, but but usually more in the winter when you have uh, less traction on the roads. Um, uh, one thing I learned a long time ago from Zolt Dornay, uh, he was a police motorcycle instructor, um, was your head and your eyes, okay? So you can let your bike do anything, but as long as you keep your head up and your eyes up, looking forward and ahead, okay, um, you're going to stay up because you have the gyroscopic effect of your tires. As long as your tires are rolling, everything's good. Um, so if you go into a hard braking situation, if you don't have ABS, um, it's really easy to lock up your rear, rear wheel. Sure. And so the important part of all that when you're doing hard braking in, in less traction, uh, keep your head and your eyes up and you will stay up. And you got to keep scanning. Scanning all the time. Eyes moving all the time. Sure. An excellent suggestion, I think. Uh, well, you put, uh, I changed the, uh, the header on the Facebook page, and I put the picture up of the guy on a GSXR that. with a deer walking out into the road. That's right. Right away, somebody came in and had a comment, and I said, hey, it's just a reminder. You've got to keep your head up, got to yep. keep your eyes up, yep. and keep scanning. That's it. We ride in a dynamic environment, right? Exactly. We're not, uh, we're not out there in a fixed situation or a virtual situation. And, you know, my uh, tip of the month is kind of related to that a little bit. And I mentioned it in uh, the January column here about seven ways to enjoy your motorcycle in the dead of winter. And mine was to pick a skill and develop it. Now, I kind of referred to Michael Jordan in this because he was known for every offseason. He would pick a new skill and he'd try to work on it. Mm. So when he came back from his retirement, there was this thing where he developed a turnaround jumper. And all of a sudden, he went for another three championships. So I kind of <laughs> use that as inspiration to think, you know, on these rainy days like we've been having here this winter, hit the books, pull it off the shelf, start to study some technique. And when you see those openings of sunshine, you know, those dry bits, get out there and start yeah. working on it, right? And then you can really start to put the pieces together. Focus on one at a time. I say focus on one at a time. Absolutely right, yeah. and that's good to mention that, Tom. And, you know, I think you really find that, 
all skills in motorcycling are interrelated. So as you start to strengthen one, you start to become a better rider overall, not in just this exactly. one situation. So yep. pick a skill and develop it. Uh, but how about you, Tom? I'm sure you've got something for our listeners here. Well, you know, um, Quint went to the motorcycle show in Canada, and you and I would have been a really fun treat to be able to go. It would have. Except that somebody didn't have his passport up to date. In the process of renewal, it just so happened. You don't need a passport. You just need an enhanced driver's license. If, if I don't have one of those. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, you know, it's, it's winter. It's a good time. Check the date on your passport. Get that thing up to date. Um, Quint and I were talking a lot last week about the enhanced driver's license right. and how you don't need to have the passport if you're tra- if you're crossing from the U.S. into Canada. Right. But that doesn't work land. around the world, though. Right. So you it's- still have to have a passport if you're going to take a trip to Germany this year yep. or if our friend Roger's going to come up from Australia. So uh, Yeah, the enhanced is only good on ground travel. If you're going by air or boat, you need your passport. What do we know about train? Well, if you're on a motorcycle, you're not going by train. Train is ground, yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, we're talking border crossings, currency conversion, we're talking oh, yeah. economic impact. <laughs> we really touched it all here on this episode of the Sound I'm telling you, Canada's a smoking vacation oh, yeah. destination this summer and if that beautiful. dollar stays down yeah. at that level. So, all righty, folks. Um, great being on here, Thanks doing for the February show, show and we will look forward to doing the March show for you next month. Mm-hmm. Up here. And in the meantime, don't ride like my mother. And do not ride like my mother. <laughs> we will see you in springtime. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.